What? Good morning. You Good want evening. Good evening. Hello, hello, quiet place. Good evening, noble peasantries. I'm your co-host, Bonzelot. And tonight we have a great show for you. Joining me tonight from across the lands is Sir Voxelot. <laughs> the lovely looking Sir Douge of Lingerie. Sup, y'all. Way down south, Nihilum Sire the Great. Yeah, here, yeah, fine gents. And that funny looking character, do you see, um, oh, yes, the ransom lot. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? Sir? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, tonight's topic, gentlemen, uh, we bring to you, um, a very I feel like interesting a topic. In the Monty Python <laughs> what, what role <laughs> does television <laughs> play in your life and the life of your family? Is that what they're running on? There's penis in the bed. Christ's sake, cream it and move on. So, the topic this evening is. What role does television play in your life? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, let me tell you. TV in my life has been minimalized by the fact that I got rid of cable three years ago. Two and a half, three years ago. And and when I say got rid of cable, I got rid of the antenna and everything. I don't even get local channels. I get nothing. But I do pay for uh, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and Hulu. Although... That might be going because I realize, I mean, it's like cafeteria style TV watching. I do get shows that run on networks, CBS, NBC, ABC, whatever, through those. I get HBO shows through Amazon, you know, and I'm paying a total of $120 a year. Is that right? $120 a year? Got to be more than that because Netflix is on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. So I'm I'm sorry. I'm totally off. I'm paying like. You know, like $300 a year. Now, normally, for, you know, cable or any tier of, you know, good cable, you're going to be paying $70, $80 a month at least through AT&T or, or Comcast. So I'm saving a lot of money. But even with those three services, I'm just not watching that much TV anymore. And I think it's just because I've gotten older. I have more things going on in my life. The kids are involved in more activities. I'm doing multiple podcasts. You know, and, I, and I've got a lot of other creative endeavors going on. At most, I think that Beth and I sit down and watch, on average, an hour of TV a night. But there are some nights where, you know, like, we didn't watch TV all last week just because we had stuff going on. Is this where you say truth or bullshit? It's <laughs> truth <laughs> or bullshit. 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 Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. But, I, I went an entire week without, like, we didn't turn the TV on. We just had too much going on. But and, Sir uh, Rancelot, does this not feed into your uh, pod life? It does, and I'm, it's it's funny that you bring that that question up because it's something that I've internalized, and you know I haven't. Talk to I haven't even talked to Jay about it that much, but I used to watch more sports. But I work on Sundays now, so I mean, unless I was going to start DVRing endeavors that I'm involved in, uh, creative-wise, a lot of that rests on my knowledge of media, pop culture, movies, and television. And now I'm so busy that I'm not getting the up-to-date information unless I spend my lunch hour like reading through um, the movie sites and the and the comic book uh, sites and things like that. I'm not getting it direct by watching it myself. I'm I'm reading reviews. I'm reading forums. 
when I have a, a brief moment. So yeah, I, but I question whether or not there's value in that and that it, whether or not I've spent my entire life wasting it away by filling my head with that minutia trivia and how important is that really to be able to to have all that pop culture knowledge and it it helps me when I'm doing a show like that but what about all the other things I could be learning or doing so, so having, I'm kind of I'm I'm having, kind of in a transitional period mentally with that kind of stuff but having said that if you've got Hulu and you've got Netflix and I forget the other one you said Amazon. are you still watching as much TV as someone who just has cable no no I'm we the minute we got all of that stuff well we get Amazon because of the the shipping rates we use ha- uh, Amazon right. for I'm just saying, is your TV on watching these shows the same as if someone just had cable and the TV's on watching whatever shows comes across that? Are you still watching a lot of the Netflix and Hulu stuff throughout the day or, or the weekend or at nights? No, we're not watching as much. Nope. The, those streaming services, you know, because with TV, you know, it's kind of on and you know when your shows are on and you'll watch it. But and you, you'll find yourself just having it on for background noise. And commercials and things like myself, I don't watch TV at all. The only reason why I have uh, from the, the the day's overload and so your channel surfing, all that's gone and has been gone for a long time. The only time that Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon gets turned on is if we have a specific mission to watch something specific. You know what I mean? And and then that's it. So that's my input. Anyone else? Well, I ditched the television for quite a while too because after I moved up to Idaho, I didn't have. I didn't bring a television with me, and so I didn't actually, I just was, I'd use my computer, but the fact of the matter was, is I was still watching a screen. I was either watching movies, or I was watching Netflix seasons, binge watching, that kind of stuff, but I was still, I had a screen on in my house, and something was going on, even though I wasn't paying for cable, and so I I find that kind of, now I do have television, because when uh, Sharon moved in with me, she always she loves her television shows and she probably watches more tv than than i do but once once i i did the whole package with uh satellite and um internet and uh whatever uh what am i forgetting what um, else do you get with that <laughs> you get, usually get usually get internet television and a phone <clears throat> yeah i got the phone too with that yeah television and internet Oh yeah, that's what I do. Is I also was able to bundle my cell phone in with the bill and all this stuff. So I just have this one big bill. And but the main thing was is I, I I find I I have HBO on probably more than anything else uh, now, and I pretty much DVR almost everything. I watch very few things live, and the only thing I watch that would be considered broadcast television is Gotham, and that's it. I don't watch like so. It's kind of interesting. So we talk about television. We can talk about broadcast television. We can talk about cable television. We can talk about uh, streaming. You know, later it's like it, we're still stuck to a screen to a degree. Right. Um, but that's but with but it, it's a huge part of my um, pot with moving the needle podcast is I we do television shows. So and I see Grant watches a lot of movies and stuff because he's always talking about them, and that's why I was wondering if he still has the TV on as much just because he's got Netflix and not cable. Just because he is into the movie scene and all kinds of other stuff that's out there. Like myself, I don't watch TV at all. The only reason why I have, um, I have satellite now. I had a DSL before, or actually UVerse before, but it, it's the wife and the kids. I mean, she, even when she's studying, she's got the TV on. And as I think you mentioned, Hannah, it's background noise. Yeah. She has to have somebody in the room with her. She can't stand the silence. And yet, you know, when she was up, 
in Vancouver for two weeks. I did not one TV was on in this house for that whole two weeks because my daughter was with her too. My daughter's another TV bug, and I used to go travel all the time. I'd be in China wherever. I'd never turn the TV on ever. I just I, it's something I've never really got into except for sports. Like when when football's on, yeah, I mean I love watching football. So it's a short-lived season for me. I mean, 16, 18 weeks, and, and I'm done. You know, and then I, I go without TV for another eight months kind of thing. That's but, it. I don't do any sports. Uh, I, I mean, I used to watch more sports, but I work on Sundays now. So, I mean, unless I was going to start DVRing, you know, football games, I don't do that. Uh-uh. I, the one thing I do love is, is the news. I love having the news on in the morning. Uh, that's been – that's the How one How can you watch I, the news? It's called with Why not? Your eyes. <laughs> current events, Grant. Current yeah, events. Yeah, but because the news is so. It, it sucks the joy and the life out of, uh, like, my day if I catch any news. Because there's no good news. Unless I, you're watching, like, I guess, a good news morning program, which, you know, those are so rare. But no, I, I'm being sincere when I ask you, Hannah. Like, I, I see the news when I walk into work, and there's nothing positive. There's nothing good. It makes me feel horrible as a human being to exist. Yep. In a world where so much crap is happening. And that's because that's what they focus on. There's a lot of good shit going on out yep. there. But you think they want to show any of that? No, because it doesn't sell. It doesn't draw people in. People want to be mesmerized by the crap that's going on out there. I don't get it. I mean, it doesn't I matter it. Whether, I li- whether I listen to it on the radio or watch it on TV in the morning. It's, it's keeping up with current events. It's keeping up with what's going on with financial markets, that kind of stuff. It's... It's all part of keeping in touch so that when I do get to a point of like, oh, ele- you know, elections, and then I actually have some basic knowledge of what they're talking about, what are the, you know, what is the news of the day, I don't have to live it. I don't have to buy into it. I don't have to right. become emotionally attached to it. Okay. It's just information. So. so is yours more over the radio than it is the television? It used to be, but now that I have a TV... And, and cable, I can watch it, you know. And but it's honestly background noise because I'm I'm doing something else in the morning. Yeah. Do you and find that's that? Why it, <clears throat> Sorry, I've, I've also switched to podcasts, so I'll listen to you know the you know Wall Street Journal's podcast this morning with Gordon Deal. You know, so it does. I found myself doing that. I'm like, well, why do I have the TV on? I can also be listening to a podcast. I can you know, so I vary it. But I think first thing in the morning is I do be I do. Uh, pop it on right now and i've always liked that though but i i used to be a huge political junkie that was a hobby of mine which isn't so much any longer i've just i when i moved up here i stepped away from media pretty much completely like i said didn't have a tv i didn't i wasn't bombarded by radio stations and news talk radio i was able to you know separate myself from it for a while which i needed to do because I'd actually become a little too attached to stuff. Yeah. But since you did that, since you didn't have a TV, did you find the radio a different type of news, the way it's broadcasted versus the TV? I find, like, personally, I could listen more to a radio news network than I could a television news network because they don't have the graphics to impose in your brain. So they tend to to narrate it um, differently, right? They talk about more of the things you just said, you know, the money markets and things like that, instead of going into deep dives about stories, because they can't really show you, then they're not going to go into a play type discussion with, with the news. So I always found that the radio news is not as, as depressing, I guess. Does that make sense? Well, it's, I mean, the, the straight news that you hear on the radio, like on the hours, basically AP, um, 
news stories being read just verbatim. Yeah. And it's pretty much what you get if you tune into BBC or if you uh, go into uh, Al Jazeera oh, or any of those. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. but those ones, but 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 when you put on any any of the news products of the United States, because that's what they are. Yeah. They're basically they're a they're a they're selling they're an entertainment product. So <laughs> you know, with the, with the exception of some rather droll, boring stuff, like so, if you if you there are are television news programs which are no different than just a radio program. Many times, all it is is a radio program with them having a camera in the studio. They're rather droll and boring. Rather droll and boring. Uh, but they, uh, with the television, you got to make it an entertainment product, and so that's what that's what we get. Um, yeah. I'm amused by it. I enjoy it. I don't buy into it. I just amused, I I can yes. appreciate for yes. for what it is. So, yeah. yeah. or bullshit. The Mr. giraffe was originally called a camel leopard. Fourteenth century Roman. <laughs> <laughs> I could show you a camel leopard. That's bullshit, old boy. Bullshit. Because they thought yeah. the beast looked like a cross between a camel and a leopard. The Africans' language still takes its cues from the Romans, calling the giraffe the camel bird. Oh, look, fact like a leopard has two humps. Bullshit. Ah, I might say fact on that one. I might say, say crap. Bullshit. It's all crap. I What's hate to disappoint, but it in fact is a fact. That's right. Oh. Those silly Romans. Have you ever seen a camel or a leopard with a six foot neck? Hell no. Wait till Rose City. Six inch neck. E, you win. <laughs> to Eric, because he, he actually has children and a wife and, you know, a large family. So I'm, I'm wondering where TV falls in their house. Regularly, it falls on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, TV. Uh, as it comes to TV and cable, I got rid of cable a long time ago too, and I've only had uh, Hulu and Netflix. Um, but I tend to watch a lot of TV. Uh, after work, I'm pretty tired, so I just come and I see myself just sit, and I waste so much damn time. It frustrates me when I look back at it. But there's so many good shows on that it kind of bums me out not being able to watch them. Um, when the kids are here, though. They watch TV. I try to not let them watch too much, but but if I have something to do, it's it's shitty to say, but it's definitely easier for just to be like, hey, go watch something real quick while I take care of this. Yeah, it comes a babysitter. Yeah, and and I and I know it's not a good thing. It would be nice. I just talked to Juliet the other day saying how how we did that dark month. It would be nice to just do that again, like after Rose City. I know a bunch of shows are coming out that I'm gonna be kind of bummed out. And how did how did she respond to that? Was she up for it? Why don't she, you try? She a loved month? it. We loved it. A gray month. Yeah, so just cut out certain things. Say, okay, you know. Yeah, but I think have to it's, be everything. it's like smoking for me. So I started smoking again. I can't just have one cigarette and then put it down and be fine. I have to just not do it all together. Like if I were to quit smoking, I can't be like, I just, you know, I only have a couple this week. It, that won't work. Same with the TV. If I, if I notice, oh, just go ahead and watch an hour a day or something, I'll end up watching three hours a day. I keep trying to tell my wife that was sex. So here's a here's a here's a facet that wasn't really brought into it, but I'm curious, and we I guess we can all backtrack and and try and answer it. But is it a a financial answer getting rid of to the cable, or is it something more than that? Like you know, we did it because 
initially because we just didn't want to pay all the money for for what cable charges to have all those channels. You know, 550 channels, you watch 20 or 30 of them, maybe. You just flip and shoot through channels for the amount of time you'd watch TV. I mean, there's nothing on. Same with Netflix. I have Netflix, and I'll look for an hour to find something, and I'll end up watching something I've seen already. Well, that's why so they I'll have. Watch but, yeah, Elm but to be again. fair, to be fair, <clears throat> Netflix with a little bit of an of time investment, like a half hour, you know, you can be going through their library. There's websites that that come out uh, once a week that yeah, yeah, being taken off Netflix and what's being added, and you can and there's, you set up your queue. There's stuff like so far. I found a bunch of horror movies yesterday on a website that, and these aren't on like? anywhere you can find. <laughs> Anywhere you can find on Netflix, you have to know that they're there. And I was like, what the hell? All these movies have been hiding in here. And so now i got a bunch. My queue looks a lot better. But it, it's definitely a waste of time. And it definitely was done getting rid of cable because of how much it costs. Yeah. It's okay. just it's just way too expensive. Whereas Netflix and Hulu, those two together, you get a lot of the regular cable you'd want to watch anyways. And a bunch of movies where you don't have to spend 80 90 bucks a month. So, I don't know. It's I think for the majority of people, it's probably financial. Okay, I remember what I was going to say. Now that's why they have these tiers. Um, <clears throat> if you look at Uverse, if you look at cable, that you know it's three hundred channels, two hundred channels, or one hundred channels, and the price difference. But what they do, all the channels are just crap. But what they say is, oh, you don't get HBO unless you go to tier three, and say you know they know what the favorite channels are, or you can buy HBO separately for more money, kind of thing, right? I've seen that because when I was going through with this uh, direct TV with the satellite, I wanted to get um, Sunday ticket. And of course the basic does not come with Sunday ticket. You can add Sunday ticket and it's, and it's like $200 or you could go $5 more a month and get choice and you get free Sunday ticket for the first year. So <laughs> they, they, they got you coming and going. Of course they sneak in HBO and all those other movie channels and they say it's free for three months. I says, I don't want them. Says, well, it's automatic. So the very next, like after the, the guy installed it, I phoned that Monday and said, please take this off. And she says, no, no, you get it free for three months. You know, don't you want to watch it? I says, I don't watch TV, but my wife and my daughter does. And they'll be hooked on this. And if it's not there, they don't know the difference. Please take this off. And she goes, oh, okay. <laughs> so sure as hell, you know what would happen is they would get involved in this three-month preview thing and all of a sudden i go and cut it off because it's like 65 it was expensive it's like 40 or 60 dollars a month and i said no and all of a sudden i'd be getting like oh what happened to all these shows and movies and blah 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 right so if they don't know well now you can get hbo for 14.99 a month yeah I, i think i saw that but it was a bundle package. You get HBO, Showtime, I forget all the names because I don't watch TV, but you know what I mean, the, all those movie channels. Mm-hmm. It was a bundle package. I think it was like 50 or 60 bucks a month. So, um, Doug. Yes. You have not said much. Grant has certainly spoke his mind, and I believe Eric has spoke his mind, and I've been tuning in here and there. What about you? The- How is you and your family take on this television thing does it play in your life or your family's yes, life absolutely i am a product of the tv age i was born and raised on tv tv was my nanny 
my mother, my confidant, my best friend, my lover, and everything in between. TV has been there through my highs and my lows. TV has been the one thing, the one comfort that has consistently been there. The shows, the personalities, the plays, the dramas, the educational content, all of it has been brought to me over the span of my life and enriched my life and caused me to buy a lot of things that I don't necessarily need and believe a lot of things that aren't necessarily true. But I, I really feel that TV has been a big influence in my life. It, it has taught me a lot, good and bad. It's something that we do control in my house uh, during... Uh, Would that be with the remote? Uh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's controlled for the kids anyways. They're they're limited to no more than an hour of TV day. And it's their choice whether it's Netflix or YouTube or or television, just basically screen time. But for myself, uh I don't know if you're familiar with a show called Futurama, but there's a character in there called Hypnotoad. That basically you put on Hypnotoad and you stare at this toad just hypnotizing you. Well, that's me. When it comes to TV, do not fucking talk to me. Do not disturb me. I am there. I am in the moment. I am suspending disbelief everywhere. So, yeah. Uh, TV has been, been a big part of our lives. Uh, will continue to be a big part of our lives for better or for worse. I have cable. I have Netflix, I have movies, I have all of the screen glitter you can imagine. And right or wrong, TV is the shit. Wow. That was just a brilliant uh, uh, monologue. Here, here. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I, I feel like there's a movie out there called A Boy and His TV starring Douge Lingerie. Kind of under, kind of, uh, Answers the rabbit ear luck there, Doug. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, as much bad as TV does and as much harm as TV does, I honestly feel that when I was growing up, and I mean, literally, I was a TV baby. That that was who watched over me during the day. I was also a lock and key child. So both parents worked. I would come home from school and I'd be... Locked in the house watching TV. And I watched all the, the same crap that vacuous junk that, you know, people watch. Uh, the old shows, the new shows, the syndicated shows, the shows targeted to tweens and teenagers and kids and all of that stuff. I, I don't think it's really hurt my attention span. Oops. Oh, squirrel. It, it has been a... Somewhat of a uh, crutch, <laughs> I guess you'd call it. But it's also been a, a really good outlet for me. So when I watch a good TV show, I feel good afterwards. And for most of my life, it didn't cost me anything <laughs> until I got cable. I see, I see, yes, yes. You know, when you think about it, we spend... Probably almost a thousand dollars, right? Mm -hmm. What's your cable bill? Mine? Yeah. Uh it's about a hundred and seventy dollars Canadian. A month? A month. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I am not. That's obnoxious. <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's like over 2000 That's about $2,000 a year. Uh-huh. Well, right, the but- TV, TV told me to, so How I kind of had to. TV is his religion. <laughs> um, movies, maybe uh, once every two or three months. Yeah. And, and you probably bet you about the price, right? Oh, damn straight. <laughs> but, but you spend $2,000 a year. On a television. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not just one. We have five. God, Jesus. But, but let's, all right, let's, let's, let's be realistic about this. If it's something you can afford, if it's something where it's not affecting your bottom line and you're paying your bills and you're not scraping by every month, then it, who cares? Mm, so for I someone, should be concerned about it. <laughs> See, I don't look for someone like me. For someone like me to have cable, whether I watch it or not, or to have that kind of money going out on something like cable, um, it, we'll call it entertainment. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we would drop below at currently, uh, you know, the ability to to pay other bills that are a necessity for living. So it depends you know, how tight you live. But I, I'm, my point is, a lot of people can afford. Something. It's what you choose that where you want your money to go. Some people like to eat out. So let's say right. you don't have cable. You, you're really yeah. cheaping out on that. But yeah, well, that's what you, I go, said. you go out every Friday. Yeah, we, we don't eat out at yeah. all. So you only have so much money. You're right, Grant. We're so talking it, about we're talking about dinner, Doug. Going out to eat at dinner. Uh huh. It's a different. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. There you go. I'm, and the little light bulb goes on. I was, was going to call your wife and say, do you, do you want me to talk to Doug? <laughs> that was almost a good flow into the other topic. Flow. <laughs> oh. Speaking of flow, pee, fact or bullshit. Human urine is high in acetic acid, which has the peculiar quality of neutralizing the sting of a jellyfish. A jellyfish encounter with the skin leaves behind tiny stingers which can keep firing long after the jellyfish is gone. Acetic acid causes the stingers to shut down. For this reason, urinating on a jellyfish sting is the best thing one can do for pain relief. Fact or bullshit? Fact! I'll say bullshit. bullshit. Fact! It's fact! So I've, I've been stung by a stingray, and they all said to pee on it. When I got pulled over, the lifeguard said it's the heat. It's the hot that pulls it out. Stingray? Not the I've yeah, I've peed on a lot had. of people before. A stingray, those you got stung by a stingray? Yeah, surfing. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that would, that's different than a jellyfish, I think. Well, it's a, it's a jellyfish is like on your skin and itches a lot more. Yeah, stingrays. It's, but, it's but the it is same idea. It, it's a fact because ammonia will do the same thing, and I think that's part of what piss is or something. Or not ammonia, but there's some there's something in there. I believe that is fact. I've got but, two bullshits and one fact. And in fact, it's bullshit. That's right. It's an old wives' tale. Some people have reported relief from peeing on a jellyfish sting, and many others have not. According to scientists, urinating on a sting can actually make the pain worse. Urine does, in fact, not contain acetic acid. That's the primary ingredient of vinegar, which is also touted as a remedy for jellyfish stings. Jellyfish stings do be leave behind tiny stingers called Nemo which can continue to inject venom after the jellyfish is gone. 
acetic acid in vinegar, not pee, can neutralize the nematocysts in some jellyfish stings, but can make things worse in others. Any change in the balance of solutes, i.e. healthiness, can cause nematocysts to sting. For this reason, rinsing with fresh water is not mended. We're you should, losing. You should spend so more on your internet. <laughs> wow, you're aching. Well, damn it! All all these worldly trips I've gone on, and these tour guides, everything—they're the ones that, that kept saying, you "Yeah," to say that if that happens, it. And they're it, also the ones laughing at you. Probably. <laughs> yeah. no, it was a, just like in the car going, but. That's why it was stuck in the back of my head. I mean, I've never, ever got stung by a jellyfish or knew anyone who got stung by a jellyfish. So I never, well, now you do. I was always waiting to whip it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pee on me. Plenty, yeah. Plenty of jellyfish have been on me and stung me. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, do, that's do, the wives' tale. Is it, is it ammonia or something? There is something that I've heard does help, isn't there? Well, like it just said, the ammonia or it not is, the ammonia, the, the acid. Guess? in vinegar would do it i guess uh, but when i got like the stingray or the jellyfish they put it in hot water because that helps pull it out pull out whatever's there it's not like an instant cure though yeah it says uh i just looked it up most things in north american waters can be a jeez uh, i've never heard that word before a s s u a g e d s assaged 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 Massaged by vinegar <laughs> or 5% acidic acid. Yeah. So it is the fact that you, it is the acidic acid. It's just you don't have that in your pee. I should have asked my wife because I don't know what's in my pee other than uh, you, liquor. You don't want to know what's in my pee. There's, there's a whole definitely, other thing right there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, you no. know, I could, I could probably get drunk drinking my pee the second time around. <laughs> Did you know that you can drink your own urine for up to four times before it comes to, becomes toxic? Yeah, I heard that. That was crazy. Fact or bullshit? <laughs> I'm <kidding. laughs> Fact. I heard three times though, but four times, man. Well, it gets it gets spicy on the fourth time. You don't want to miss out oh on god, the fourth I'm time. I'm seriously gonna throw up. If you change <laughs> the topic. Oh my god! Grant, you could be stuck on a boat in the sea Ugh. somewhere, and you're gonna have to live for a couple of days. And you know, after the fourth time, when your pee becomes toxic, you just put it in a bucket, and then you can actually give yourself an enema with a pee, and your small colon will absorb the water contents from it without. Right. Causing now, you what to if become... you and someone else take turns and you're both peeing in each other's mouth? Do you have eight times? Yeah, I think you would. <laughs> All right, so that, that's a good way. Good life lesson. Come again? Bear, so, yeah. Bear grills. That's Eric's tip for today. <laughs> Just a tip. Here, here we go. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> pee. Fact or bullshit? Bullshit. From, from the 17th to the 19th centuries, stale human urine was a common household product. The aged pea, called lant, had multiple uses, including cleaning floors, rinsing hair, as an additive to ale, and as an ingredient in the making of pastries. Fact or bullshit? Absolute fact. That's Actually, fact. the scullery made just this morning use some lent. Lant has a high ammonia content, making it great for cleaning. It was often used as a hair rinse, and you can still find urea 
listed on many shampoo bottles today. Today, the urea is synthetic, though apparently some hardcore pub crawlers of the time loved the flavor of pee in their brew. Ale could be single or double lanted according to taste. Oh, I can see in Portland that's going to be the new hipster <laughs> microbrewery. <laughs> Lant Brewery. You're ready here first, guys. <laughs> Gee whiz brewers. The waitress brings the cup of beer to your table and one of your friends just fucking Kisses pisses in it. In it. <laughs> Warm that up for you, mate. We'll call it true IPA, urethra. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> the hipsters of Portland will now be drinking double lanted ale. <laughs> so you know we, we we all talked a lot about how we felt about our television lives, but we really didn't talk a lot about I think Eric did a little bit and I think Doug did a little bit, but about your family's life. Do you think television affects the life of your family? Absolutely. And I'll tell you why. My kids, when they see a commercial because they're someplace else other than home, they're like, what is that? This is annoying. I have managed to escape for the most part. I would say 95%. I have managed to escape the, I want that. Can I have that? Oh my God, did you see that on TV? We need to go out and buy that. I need to have one of those. How come I don't have one of those? My friend has one of those. Why don't I? I don't get any of that. I, I, you know what I get if, if there's a commercial, like Hulu has commercials, but usually if you're watching a show, they're the same four or five commercials that cycle throughout the entire program that you're watching Just or whatever. Just look at your kid and say, see the girl on the corner with the high heels? I want that. Now ask your mother if I can have it and we'll see what her answer is. <laughs> That'll go over swimmingly. I'll give that a try during my course. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like the fact that the kids, are annoyed when commercials come on. They're like, look, we've got limited time. I want to watch my show. I don't need this commercial nonsense. And it's just, it's fantastic to me. Uh, that's really the only effect that it's had. The kids are used to, you know, I have a, a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. So when we got rid of cable, he was three, she was six. They weren't real, you know, big television junkies to begin with because they were only allotted so much screen time a day as it was. And what that was was always educational or but it was some here, somehow, you know, here's, had, here's my uh, issue with the family. My issue is they don't know how to entertain themselves anymore. They only they get entertainment out of the television. If we took all the television and everything out of here, I would have a uproar in this household. Not to say that wouldn't go away over time, but they're basically they don't know how to entertain. They're being entertained. If, if they're bored, on goes the TV. Instead of finding something constructive to do. Right. That's, and so that's what, what I see. What my kids will do. And so what we do is we basically, what money we, we save on cable, we spend a portion of that on creative endeavors for the kids. For instance, they have, they probably have more, you know, art supplies and um, creative space than a lot of kids their age. I mean, literally they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of perler beads they have regular beads they've got uh you know boxes and cases of crayons and markers and pencils and paints and they've got canvases and paper i mean all kinds of different various creative outlets then they've got their books to write in then they have just their general toys 
you know, the stuff that grandparents and aunts and uncles and whatnot get them and, and to play with. And so when the TV's not on, that's what they do. And because the TV's not on frequently, that's how they keep themselves engaged and entertained. What about you, douche? Do you find, <clears throat> would you say your kids are affected? I will echo many of the sentiments here that uh, the entertainment, the ability to self-entertain has diminished somewhat. However, I have found that TV, for the most part, has been inspiring for I, all I the kids. I forgot who I'm asking here. <laughs> that's okay. The guy that's paying $170. Yeah. It, it, well, no. Ex- explain. How, how is someone inspired? Like, cause I because understand- the programs that they watch uh, in many times are, number one, programs that I, I enjoy. So a lot of uh, geek culture type programs, a lot of superhero uh, programs, and a lot of Doctor Who and anime and for the older ones. Uh, but the younger ones tend to like programs about crafts and history and geography and science. And that's just what they enjoy. So a lot of times they'll watch those. They'll be inspired to do something else. So after their hour of TV, a lot of times they will go and do something that they've seen on TV. Yeah, I get what you're saying. For instance, my kids, um, kind of like what you said, we let them watch, you know, they have their own things that they want to watch that we allow them based on, you know, content. But for the most part, we're watching um, superhero shows or things to get their imagination going. And then we, we have our science and nature shows like brain games. They're they're very much addicted to brain games. And so uh, they'll watch those episodes and, and then they will... All the tricks and tests that go on in brain games, they'll try and, uh, you know, recreate them. They'll mess around with that kind of stuff. And same with the nature shows. You know, my, my son's very much into insects and creatures and nature. So that kind of TV time for me is okay. But they don't get it a lot. I just would rather that they were doing other things. And so are they. You know, because because they've grown up that way, it's not a big deal to them. But if they, I imagine if they grew up like I did where, you know, that television was a babysitter for the most part, um, to an extent. They would be addicted and, and junctified into the, the TV culture. Hmm. Here, here, yeah, yes, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, good talk, man. Yeah. Ah, sorry. No, you just, it's, uh, it's different how you, you've got, I'm trying to think of age groups because <clears throat> I think, Eric, you're in your, right? Yeah. And Grant, you're in the 40s, here, and I'm in the 50s. Douge, I think you're later thirties. <laughs> and you're, I, I am. You're not looking. Yeah, we'll go with that. So because I keep hearing this is what I was brought up with, and I wasn't. I mean, obviously, I'm in my fifties. I'll be fifty-six in a couple of weeks. And I mean, it, we had a black and white television with two channels, and that was very rarely on. I mean, it was on when my dad said it mm. could go on. Period. And so it was something that say he wanted to watch especially on the weekends it was more saturday night and sunday that that we would watch in the evenings in obviously very selective channels i mean there wasn't a lot to watch and i always remembered i wanted to watch batman batman was the biggest thing back then with adam west you know like the original mm-hmm. batman the and good kids batman. at school would talk about it all the time 
And yet my dad, for God, no bloody way, you watching that shit on TV and da-da-da-da. So, I mean, I would pray that he would go shopping one Saturday or something. And I would always come up with excuse not to want to go with, you know, I'll do the law and I'll do whatever. And so I'd sneak in and I'd watch Batman. <laughs> I still remember that. So I guess it puzzles me to say it was what I was brought up with. I, I don't have that background to say it was what I was brought up with. Right. And maybe that's why I don't watch TV today. Maybe it's nothing for me to come. I, I'm a computer addict. I'll be honest with you. I will automatically, when I'm home and, and get changed, whatever, first thing I do is go to my computer. And yet I've been on the computer all day long at work. I mean, I live on my computer and I come home and I live on my computer. So maybe is that... If we want it's to look honestly the same difference, bad. isn't it? The screen's the thing. But yeah. I'm not I'm not being fed. I'm being fed what I'm asking it to feed me. I'm not just mindlessly watching something that's trying to entertain me. There is a difference, right? It's what I want to look up, what I want to research or go after. It's it's like going to a library. To me, what none of those porn sites you go to I, have pop up ads? No. Oh, damn it. Okay. <laughs> no. You all need to go watch Black Mirror. One of the best things ever. I've heard it. Is that a porn? No, it's a British anthology series that basically folk, each episode focuses on technology and how it affects us. And it's more of like the Twilight Zone slash Outer Limits. Um, but the Black Mirror, what that refers to is the glass on your phone. Or um, a TV oh. or anything. Just that right. black reflection. But isn't that kind of kind of cool when you think about here's really only two different age groups. Um, and such a short time, but such there's, a big difference in. There's upbringing. three. You guys are way older than me. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. there's three. We always think of you so mature. Yeah. Eric, did you see the Did you see the Christmas <laughs> special for Black Mirror? I that have was released? not seen it, and I really wish I have. You can find it, it online. The full entire video, I believe, is on YouTube or VMO. Oh, I've been um, wanting to watch it. I haven't, dude. It's got John Hamm in it, and it is. It, by far and large, it was better than any of the episodes of the series. It was it, that was a great show. I told a ton of people about it when I saw it. And then, yeah, what was your favorite one? Fictional or docudrama? It's all, it's all fictional. It's okay. all fictional. It's it's very sci-fi meets meets um the outer limits and and the Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's it, that's it. the nail on the head. That's what it is. My favorite so, one is the one that they redid. I guess during the Christmas one where they had the chip in their ear or the chip by their ear. Yeah, but that I but guess that, that chip plays out through the whole series. I mean, it's not the not story. Not the whole series, no. The, that story right. I heard is the only one that reoccurred. And that's the one that Robert Downey Jr. bought the rights to to, to hopefully make a movie out of. That's Yep, that's right. My favorite so, one was the, the talk show one. Or rather the, you know which so, one I'm talking about. I don't want to give any spoilers. but the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that one was that, good too. So, that Eric, would you, that one would was you, messed up. Would you say you were brought up on television? Well, here's not so much TV. I guess some TV. My mom, um, single mom, um, grew up, she loved movies. So I grew up with a black and white TV, uh, only so many channels. It was like an old hand-me-down. And so forever, my TV until I was about 10 or 11 was black and white. Wow. And, and I so mean, I that's saw, unreal for your age, right? Yeah, it's, but I, like I said, single mom, three kids, we didn't have money for a TV. They were really expensive back then. Yep. I remember when my aunt got a v VHS, it was like the biggest deal ever. But, um, I grew up with movies. For me, my draw is movies. Now, lately, it's been a lot of TV shows I like, but 
I'll sit and watch movies all. I love going to the movies. I love that's that's where my heart is in all of this. Um, and, and that's just, how, this is how I was raised on old movies. Court Jester is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Let's um, all go to the movies. Yeah. Let's all go. Court Jester. Are you Danny Kay? Danny Kay is my favorite actor of all time. Get out of town. Yeah. Danny Kay is, I think, how one of the best ever. Wow. I freaking love Danny Kay. You've got to be kidding me. I've never no. heard of another Danny person. Danny Kay is. He, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm I think okay. he's, the, he's the daughter of Special K. Uh, have you guys seen Van Helsing? That new Van Helsing one that came out? Oh, it was like seven years ago or whatever. Yeah, yes. Hugh Jackman? Yeah, remember Hugh Jackman's little buddy? The yep. guy he helped? If they ever did a Danny Kay movie, he needs to be Danny Kay. Every time I see him in something, I'm like, oh my god, this guy is like... He even plays his character in movies. It's it's insane. Wow. I love Danny Kay. Yeah. White Christmas, man. That's probably... That's my favorite Christmas movie, and I have to watch it every year. Every stinking Bean year. Bean Crosby's awesome, dude. I freaking oh, love it. I'm beating my children. Oh, yeah. Christmas. <laughs> just like the ones I used to know. Man, Danny Kay. Oh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the, the oh, original. Great movie. That's still one of my favorites. Yeah. I loved the remake. I think it, Ben Stiller did a great job. It was, it was a completely different movie, but, but it was still really good. That's actually that's actually one of my favorite um my favorite uh Looney Tunes. Do you remember the Looney Tunes where Ralphie was basically it, it was the it was the the story of Walter Mitty but done with Ralphie and he became a fighter pilot and Uh-huh. Anybody? I have, yeah, I, have I remember to that. Go back. I know I've seen it cuz I've seen all of them. Little little Ralphie's falling asleep in school and yep. the teacher keeps oh, waking him up. Yeah. That's my that's my all-time favorite. I guess I I think it's considered a Looney Tune cartoon. Yep. It's a classic, but um Leon Schlesinger. But I actually was in the play The Secret Life of Walter Mitty when I was in grade school and then I hadn't seen the Danny Kay film until much later and that's when oh man, I just love Danny Kay. That's great. Yeah, he's He's awesome. I love the actors back in the day where to be an amazing actor, you had to be an actor, a dancer, a singer. I mean, you had to do it all. And he had it all. Yeah. Yeah, I could sit and watch him all day long. If I were a rich man. Oh, hey, speaking of that, I went and saw that play with Topol the last time he was in the play. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. that's cool. I love musicals. I think musicals too, along with movies. I will. What happened to good musicals, though? You know, oh, what there I mean? are good musicals. What are you <laughs> no, no, about? no, 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 not no, no. I'm not saying released in Broadway or theater. I'm saying that you know they don't make good musical movies anymore. Not what are you movies? Stories. Have you have you not seen uh, Dr. High School Portal Musical? Oh, sorry. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> High School Musical. I've seen that a billion times. Every time my daughter goes, "What time is it?" What time is it? It's summertime. summertime. <laughs> she tells me shut up, but yeah, I don't consider I, I don't consider that like a, a musical. I, it doesn't why? have it was because Doctor it horrible. Doctor horrible, dude. Okay, amazing. okay. Let me. Let, okay, when you look back <laughs> at Fred Astaire, you know, uh, and Rita Hayworth, and uh, Bing Crosby, and Danny Kaye, and the greats, you they don't make dude, musicals people like, don't that like that. No, because people those people like are all anymore. dead. That's no, why. but people just don't like it. You get that from cartoons now. Cartoons are your way of that happening now. Mm. There's not as many musicals. Good point. 
I mean, no. Have you guys seen Across the Universe? Yes. The dude, that movie was awesome. It was brilliant. And it was a musical. I yep, mean, yep, there's those enough. that are out. There's a couple other ones. Damn it, I can't remember the name. But they're like the same type of movie. I remember seeing Across the Universe and just being blown away. And I'm not have the you biggest. Seen, have you seen Repo, the genetic opera? Repo was good. <laughs> Repo was okay. It was like a. It, it wasn't as good, I think, as it could have been. But it it was okay. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Do and, you miss the show tunes? I love show tunes. I, you guys have Demolition seen Man? so much more than I have. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> So that Netflix must be on a lot, Dirk Grant. <laughs> no, that that's all classic stuff. I this mean, is just, just how I grew up with all the yeah, classic that's, stuff. Yeah, that's how I grew up. My <clears throat> mom, here's the thing. Growing up in my house, I had um, Southern Rock. I had vinyl. I had, you know, your classic, classic rock albums. Um, and then I had on television, it was always black and white, crime noir, musicals, show tunes it, there was it wasn't like um you know and i guess now if i really put my head to it like uh, masterpiece theater i remember dallas i remember falcon crest i remember magnum pi and mash being That's on as TV. much pulp as you can possibly imagine yeah it, but and you know McClintock. I, I, oh, McClintock. or how about you know barnaby jones or <laughs> rockford files Crap. Hot steaming piles. Taxi. Did you watch Taxi? Oh, of course. Are you kidding? Lata. Beauty and the Beast. Simta. Simon and Simon. Riptide. Simon and Simon. Oh, my God. Cheers. What's going down, Mr. What was that guy's name? Mr. Peterson, Mr. Peterson, my ass on this bar stool. (laughs) I mean, I grew up with good times and oh uh, um, oh, man, but but when it came to movies, there was always there was always musicals playing. Okay, Uh, my mom loved them. But Eric's right, musicals have all gone to to the comics now or the or cartoons. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's still the occasional movie. Like look at um, what's the one that was huge? Frozen. That was yeah, yeah. I mean, that it, was a massive musical out of the water. And Frozen was good because a lot of the songs were so catchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> absolutely. I'm a a grown ass man, and I'm proud to say I loved Frozen. <laughs> well, we got to go. buy it. We bought Let it. it <laughs> Don't hold it back, back anymore. anymore. Let it go. I would love to do just a musical show. I think that'd be great. So, are you talking the Inglorious <laughs> Gents musical? If we see the awesome. whole show, it would, I would we'd be have, completely down. We'd have Inglorious have you guys Gents. Not heard my Rocky Horror at the end. <laughs> like I, I have no, do tell. Oh, she didn't scream that loud. The more I drink, the more I sing. Oh, you said that's cold. why when it comes to karaoke, I'm gonna be. You put some musical numbers on. I'm, I'm there. All right. Show I'm going to do, do my impersonation of someone else doing an impersonation of Dave Matthews when I get drunk and do karaoke. That's my my thing. <laughs> I Grant, my impersonation of Grant. Sir Rancelot, you have to do karaoke version with Kermit. That you you yeah. have a killer Kermit the Frog. Yes, you do. I yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see we'll see how it goes because I I'm you know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid that I'm going to I'm afraid I'm going to start smoking again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and you won't start smoking again because I'll yeah. wipe your ass. Yeah. Oh, 
I'll need that. Uh, after well, that, maybe after that's why. <laughs> you'll, you'll that's why. Yes. That. Yeah, okay. I was just going to say that that doesn't sound much like a threat. That sounds like an invitation. You <laughs> know, <laughs> oh, I need a condom. <laughs> so we've probably talked television enough. Uh, do we want to go into our short topic? What short and curly topic? topic? Yeah, breast implants. I thought we were going to talk about breast implants. Has anybody experienced those? Uh, yeah. My my wife might listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my, come on. You're not innocent, Eric. <laughs> my friend. I have a friend yeah, one time friend who told and, me. Uh, yeah, 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 that's it. Here, here. Well, I, I, I must say I've been to dens of ill repute, shall we say, where the fair ladies there may not be 100% original. All of their parts may not be factory, but uh, I think, uh, by and large, uh, pun intended, that if a young woman wishes to enhance or augment her chestal area, then uh, a, a certain amount of chest or uh, breast implants are absolutely acceptable. However... When they go too far the other way and they get those stretchy lines and they just kind of look round and awkward, yeah, I'm not about that. I'm all for like, like someone who has, you know, breast cancer and they do it or absolutely. Uh, I, I am definitely not a boob guy. I mean, I enjoy boobs. I'm a butt guy, and uh, butt butt and neck. Butts for you. Yeah, butt and necks. Um. Who's I've experienced, <laughs> I've experienced the fake whatever. It doesn't do anything for me, mm. and I think if the girls are getting them because they think they're prettier with them, I think that's messed up. Yeah, it's bullshit. Uh, for them, you know what I mean. I feel bad that they have to do that, and and also it's it's just it's I don't know. I'm not gonna say they're ugly, but I mean it's not my thing. I I have zero interest in anyone who changes their body with plastic surgery. Uh, unless it's a necessity for health reasons or concerns, or for instance, well, I guess it would be a health reason. You know, people who um, have uh, enlarged breasts and it's causing you know severe problems with their back or their health, and so they get a reduction or anything. Of course, my mom not had implants. to do that. But if you're getting implants, you know, I I just I I don't have any interest in an unnatural woman. I, yeah, I don't, but what about whatever what the about flaws or faults are? Don't care. So, uh, anybody experienced them? Like, I, I would, obviously, I would have I've been married 37 years in October, and no, I have not experienced them because even 37 years ago, I mean, it was only Hollywood that they were talking about getting breast implants back then. I mean, now yeah. anybody can get them, right? But <clears throat> so anybody I'd have ever gotten, which was very few, certainly did not have breast implants. So I was just wondering if anybody has experienced that. I, I, I would not. Uh, you know, I, I have not, and I would, uh, I would. Well, I should hope you wouldn't. No, what I'm saying is I, I, oh, haha. I, I just would actively avoid that. I wouldn't want to date and or be around a girl who had. How would you know? Would you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, back then when I was young enough uh, and dating, uh, breast implant surgery was not like it is today. Right. Yeah. You know, same th- there was. There was noticeable scarring. So if I if I had I dated a girl and found out she had fake breasts, 
it, that would have been it for me. I would have the dating would have ended the minute I found out. I just it's always been something that bothers me about mm. people because it, it speaks more that's, towards that's messed more, up though. Why no, didn't not. she get him? Why did right. she get him? Like right. I yeah. met a lot of people. Let, let's say she had cancer. Hang on. That's, I met a lot of people who had that's cancer different. who got them. That's yeah, different. but so then you, what if they didn't tell you that they had breast cancer? But then you just judge their fake boobs because of fake boobs. And then now you have look. That. If I'm dating, okay, well then there's a bigger problem, Eric. Then that means that she didn't tell me she had breast cancer, which if I'm dating her is a pretty important thing to tell. Not because I would judge her for that, but because if I'm in a relationship, you have to have an open and honest dialogue, and that's something in you know amazing. Yeah, but some people feel with. more comfortable having sex with someone on the third date than opening up that they had cancer. Sex, sex. So if you could change one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I, yeah. It, look, if I was dating a girl who had breast implants just to have them, okay, I understand that. N- not, I had breast cancer withstanding. Uh, then I just would actively avoid that. It, it, it because it speaks more to the psychology of the person. It speaks more of the problems that you're going to have later in life. Because trust me, any girl who gets breast implants, th- there's something more going on inside of her noggin than just needing bigger boobs. But that's also a big society thing, and I feel really bad for the girls that feel like they have to do that yeah. to better a, themselves. More than a mouthful is a waste, anyways. <clears throat> you know, that kind of goes against what Doug led off with. So I'm just curious, Doug, what do you think mm. of what Grant just said? Because you were like, rick'em, well, rack'em, rick'em, rack'em, go out there and really fight when it comes to breast. I, I think that a individual's right to choose to augment their body in some way besides my judgmental view where i may say oh that's too much that's too far i think with proper guidance by a knowledgeable physician that some augmentations are in my mind appropriate you know especially when you talk about cancers and other disfiguring diseases But the fact that uh, an individual has the right to choose, and I've got to qualify that with the correct guidance, I think that if someone wants to augment their breasts or get a nose job or something of that that nature, if it improves their self-esteem, their feeling of self-worth, regardless of what's going on in their noggin, then I think it's a good thing. That's I not th- going to happen, though. No, because their guidance happen. their guidance is they look in their checkbook, and they're only at about a couple hundred thousand for the week, you, so they you, need... No, 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 no. What I'm, what I'm saying, to, to con- contradict what you're saying, Doug, is that their <laughs> self-worth, by ha- you know, if they're improving their self-worth and the way that they feel about themselves by getting fake breasts, that's going to be short-term. That's what I meant by there's something else going yeah. on in their noggin. True enough. There, it, there's, there's a lot more going on. You know what? It's a short-term fix, because what's the next thing? Is it their lips? Is it their cheeks? Is it, uh, it, it people who have breast augmentation because of low self-esteem, not societal pressures per se, or perhaps their self-esteem is affected by societal pressures, but to to actively have nothing wrong with you and have no health conditions, and then go out and be like, well, I want to change my body uh, because I feel bad about myself, or I feel like I can't get a job at this place, or I can't, you know what I mean? Or I'm not getting enough men's attention. That says more than just the augmentation itself. So would you say then a woman, for example, who goes out and gets a tattoo, Mm -hmm. are they doing that for 
attention reasons? Are they doing that for self-esteem or is it... You're comparing oranges self- to apples. Okay, well... Uh, I don't think I, necessarily look. it's not oranges to apples. It's a lot it's of people get your tattooed body. because of pressure. A lot of people get tattooed because someone else thinks it's cool or they get tattooed with no... Just wanting to get something. I and I think anyone who gets a breast implant, everyone has a different reason behind it. I, I will agree. There are those who do it for the wrong reasons. There are those who take it too far. But there are also those who, for whatever reason, feel that this will help them out and they get it done and they stop. They don't go any further. They don't go to the next thing. They've they've fulfilled their requirements. So the fact they have that option there, I think is good. So you think that someone who goes out and uh, decides to get breast augmentations and it fulfills their self-confidence feel-good quota uh, by doing that, that, that it's possible that they have nothing else going on psychologically after that point, that that was the one thing they needed. It fixed them. Life's good. Moving on. Well, I'll never say never. Uh, there's certainly all kinds of conditions, all kinds of circumstances. And I will agree that that is probably the normal case that someone is getting a quick fix. But I'm saying there are also those aside from medical necessities, uh, who get augmentation, who are perfectly satisfied with that, and there may not be any further psychological issue. All right. Yeah, I'm not going to say that with 100% accuracy either. Mm. I think the, 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 to sum up what my big rant about it is, is that I personally would not want to date a girl who had any kind of physical augmentation unless it was because... They had to do it for health reasons, and it was a necessity. But if they did it just because they wanted bigger tits, or they wanted more attention, or mm. they thought they would it would make themselves feel better, I just I wouldn't want to be involved with with somebody like that. I got my own psychological problems. I don't need theirs. You don't need extra baggage. <laughs> I don't need bigger luggage. I agree with Grant. I've always thought that someone. If you feel good about yourself, no matter what you look like, what proportion, you know, everybody knows from television what the perfect person is like and from all these magazines, you know you're not fitting that image. But if you're satisfied with yourself and you, you land up carrying yourself well, and I think you, you're you loved and liked by more people than someone that's trying to match an image that they think is what people want to see or like. And that's, I think, where Grant's coming from is is – if a person's good with who they are and what they are, then mentally they are uh, more, I don't want to say stable. What's a good word, Grant? <laughs> but, you know, they're. I, I think stable is, a, I mean, we all have, look, we all have psychological issues or thought process that go on, but not all of us determine that somehow modifying our body. And I, I don't consider the body modification of tattoos in the same field as having someone cut me open and remove or replace, uh, enlarge or shrink something, um, just because that's what I think is going to happen. So it should be noted that men also get breast augmentation as well as um, calf augmentation. Yeah, there's pec you know, implants. That's correct. Uh, there, there's there, so it's not just to women. It, I think that we should we should just sideswipe that 
that um, the gender altogether and just say people. People it's funny, who choose. Funny you say that. Someone said that I have a B cup on the weekend. I was at the pool. I said, "Holy crap, you got a B cup." <laughs> it's like what? Funny. Sorry, sorry. Girl. Here, here's a here's a here's a thought for you guys. So Megan Trainer, she's super famous for "I'm All About the Bass, No Trouble." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So thank you very much. She. Um, <laughs> well, you're welcome. Uh, sorry, Beth came down, and so I was I was thanking her. <laughs> Hi, so, Beth. She makes this living. Oh, you heard him. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> this is her second podcast she's been on. Ladies and gentlemen, the glorious gentleman. Second podcast. There she is again. <laughs> That's what Eric's saying. Eric just said this is her second. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Join um, the conversation. What do you think of breast implants? Yeah, I don't get her started on that. So don't even so, get let, me started. Consider this from uh, an, an odd standpoint. I, and I'm just throwing it out there. I don't necessarily have an opinion, but I, I somewhere my thoughts are going um, in a, in a dizzy yeah. about this. Megan Trainer makes a huge name for herself and becomes super famous for a song about being heavy set and that it's okay and to be comfortable with yourself. Girls to love themselves, girls to just accept who they are, be healthy. But if you're if you're considered by social pressure to, or stigmas to be fat or overweight, it's okay. You're all about the base. Not six months later, she sheds every single pound that made her famous. And and it's so, and why? Because the spotlight was on her, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I I could just imagine what the media was saying about her. Even though she was famous, like you said, she did it the way she she wanted to do it. But that's how strong social media is. I, that's why I, I hate it. I know there's uh, there's a guy I know who was worried about fitting into a kilt, and he lost some weight so he could wear his kilt on the western part of the U.S. sometime in September. <laughs> Just <Okay>. say. <laughs> That's not again. You're comparing oranges <laughs> to apples. <laughs> I'm not a famous celebrity who just are, are made. You, oh yes, you are. Are you kidding? Come on. I don't just come made, on. You know, a trillion dollars off a song that preaches to girls that it's okay to be themselves. It's okay. She was preaching, you know, what the, the anti magazine at the grocery store, and then she turns around and becomes that, and that just that's fucking annoying. <laughs> It's oh, hypocritical yeah. and contradicted. Yeah, it is hypocritical. But then, yes, but no. then, to the people who are sitting at home going, oh, what is she supposed to do? Stay fat the rest of her life? No, if she chooses to be thin, fine, I get it. It just, it seems kind of ironic that she made a career off a song so let's, that was, that let's was say teaching it's just a song, but was that really her belief? Did anybody interview her? Of course, I don't watch it. I don't, I don't read any of this shit, but maybe when they talked to her, it was just a song. Yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't mean sure. anything to her, right? I mean, maybe she always wanted to be thin. And she was know. just kind of coaching herself to say, look, it's all right if you're fat, but I really want to be thin. I listened to the lyrics and I took her at her word, okay? <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I, and I got to tell you, I am all about the bass. So maybe whatever. Jenny yeah, Craig yeah, was all up in that and they got her to uh, lose the weight so they could exploit her. I can see why. She's kind of cute. I just looked her up. Did you guys watch that cover? The, like, 50s style where the chick playing the bass? Yeah. That was an that, amazing That was version. good. I don't watch TV. I don't know what no, no, I sent it. No, it was YouTube. Yeah. yeah. It was Did in the chat. Some? 
Damn it. When did you send that? I think I think the Last important week. message for me to to especially any female listeners we have is that I just don't think that you should ever do anything as invasive of a body modification yeah. as breast augmentation or you know any kind of plastic surgery or anything that is going to fundamentally physically alter who you are unless you are uh, you know incurring health issues or have cancer or you know you've got to make the change or it'll lead to more terrible things I I, I think that that women, I, I, dr- I dread the idea that we are still, even since I was a small child, we are still a society that that forces social pressure on women and girls today to, to be something specific. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, look at magazines. Look sucks. at TV. Look at I every don't, billboard. I don't. Look at it all. You can't get away from it. My head's constantly turning on a billboard, on a bus, on a whatever. If you see a girl, they're not going to be... You're, Look at even supposedly reality TV. That's why I can't stand it, is they still select the people to be on it because they have to have a certain look. You don't see any fat, slobby people going up for American Idol or whatever else. They always land up being your model-type finalists. Yeah, that's the same with any reality TV show. It's all bullshit, and and that's, that's where the media is today. That's what they're selling. So I think what we're saying is, ladies... Don't go changing to try and please Don't anyone. Don't go changing. Damn it, I forget how the rest goes. <laughs> Don't to please me. Blah, blah, blah. What is that? Billy, song, Billy Joel, right? Billy Don't Joel. Go oh, damn, Don't it, go that's chasing waterfalls, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go chasing them either. All right. Well, that was that was a very interesting. I got, got a lot more mileage out of that than I thought. That was excellent. I, I, I that's what rather, she you know said. What? I, would rather, I would rather be dating... If I were single and, and, you know, way before my life, I would re- rather be dating a 250, 300 pound girl who was happy with who yeah. she was and psychologically sound yep. than, than a 120 pound girl who was eating, you know, a half a carrot a week, this strong desire to fit into some sort of mold. Yep. I don't want a girl, I don't, I would, I never wanted to date a girl that stu- that, that desired and strove to fit in. And, and be like basically blend in like camouflage to the rest of society. I always was attracted to girls who were strong willed, independent. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, and I, and I was also attracted to girls who could put up with me. That that was always a bonus. <laughs> you know, that's oh, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> so, eh? who, who could put out with you? Is that what you said? That too. But, you know, I, I, I don't even involve myself. Like, I don't think Beth or I, as, as a, a married couple, I don't think we have friends. Um, that live in a world mentally where they're kind of like just obsessed with media and and how society tells them to be or you know we don't have really uppity or snobby or um social media obsessed friends yeah same here not around it i i like the i like the kind i like to be around people (coughs) are like i am who i am i'm flawed i'm fractured i'm a good person i make mistakes you know, but I don't care what magazines and television tell me I have to be in order to be accepted. I just, you know, that that's what you want to do. You want to fill your life up with people who accept you for who you are, not for who they want you to be. I'm talking to my only friends right now. Oh, 
Group hug. Come on. Get your arms around there. Whatever. That's it. That's one thing I'll tell you. Moving so much, you don't make friends anymore. I don't have friends. I've been here four years. I don't have a single friend. You know what, though? That's an, a really interesting statement to make, Paul, because if, in fact, you're not you know, being Johnny Drama and exaggerating, it's kind of cool, would you say, that you have managed to make friends through social media and and meet people who care about you and that you feel you can open up to yeah. later in life. Because I remember I remember growing up, my parents always told me, you know, they only had a couple friends, my parents, and, and some of those friends are still around and, and some of them have moved on. But they always they always said, look, you know, when you're married with kids and you're chugging away through life and a job and getting the kids to this and that and you're just living, it's very difficult to make friends later in life. It's yes, difficult it to make friends that matter later in life. Yeah. And I think to an extent, at least from my perspective and the way I feel about you, that you've managed to do that. No, it is. It's, it's so true. And as you get older, you're, you know, to find people in that same, you know, interest category or like to do the same things or that don't have already an established set of friends. And they're not looking. Most people aren't looking for new friends. It's not like every day. I bet you're not saying, "Oh, geez, I wish I could find a new friend today." You you get an established network. You do things with them. You go out with them, right? You have them over. They have you over, uh, and it kind of just stays that way. And so that's what I found is when you move, it's not that people are horrible and they hate you because you just moved here. It's they've got their established network. They've got their established set of friends, and they're they're friendly or whatever, but. You know, if you said, hey, what about supper this weekend or you guys want to do something? They already got plans. They got plans probably all the way out for six months. Well, no, you, the, you, you know need the friends is? in the gym? The, the problem is, is nobody in Paul's neighborhood wants him over to the house because he's so buff. <laughs> they're, afraid the wives, they're afraid the wives might just, you know, up and leave. Well, look, he can make his titties bounce. <laughs> can you do that, honey? I guess we have gone long enough. So... Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, this is um this is an interesting way to interrupt the Glorious Gentleman's podcast. I need to confirm a piece of information. Eric, Doug, uh, this will be important for you guys. Breaking news. It appears that Wes Craven has passed away. Oh no. Uh, Wes Craven? Oh man. Wes Craven, the creator of Are you serious? Nightmare on Elm Street, <clears throat> died today at age 76. Jeez. Well, pouring this 40 on the curb. Damn it, dude. That touched a heartstring. Hold on a second. I know. I've got <clears throat> goosebumps. I just got a, a text from a friend of mine. Um, as a horror movie fan, as a Wes Craven fan, hmm. I, I, I have to tell you I'm a bit... Uh, wow, I'm sorry to interrupt the podcast um, like no. that. No, I'd like to propose a toast to Wes. Fantastic well, career. Let me, just, let me just let me just pour some bullet by glass so we can toast a little computer. Hang on, a little medicinal purposes. Yes, yes. Dude, worst news ever, man. So, I'm not into horror. I'm in. I'm. I'm oh, into. Man. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me you must have let me tell you something. Okay. Horror movies, horror movies had all but died. First of all, he was a master in his own right since his career started. Horror movies had all but died, Paul. Okay, and and then Wes came out with a little movie called Scream, and it jump started the horror industry 
all over again. He he brought back to life something that was in fact almost dead. And not only did he bring it back to life, he did it with such fervor and brilliance and originality that his works, his style, his abilities are copied and mimicked yep. throughout the industry today still. They are the basis of just about every horror movie released. This is terrible, man. This is just fucking terrible. Well, you're acting like he was doing movies till he died. He probably hasn't done a movie in the last 20 years. And oh he's got a legacy. To live what on. is wrong with you? What do you mean? Wes Craven has been doing movies. He. I, oh, my God. When's Are the you last, serious? What's his last movie? I don't watch anything. I don't know this guy, so I what's guess his, I can't do What's his last movie? Wes what's Craven, let's movie? see. What was Wes no, Craven's last here movie? Here comes the IMDb. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> Without it, like, do you want him as a writer? Do you want him as a director? Do you want him as an actor? I don't know. What was the last thing he did? It looks like the last thing he wrote was um, a Freddy Krueger short. Oh, the the slash from Elm Street. The slash from Elm Street. Elm Street. Which, which, by the way, you can see um, that uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven documentary on Netflix right now. Not the these ones, are they the shorts? No, no. But uh, Scream Four is probably the last one he directed, which is 2014. Um, as a producer, he did. Let's see here. I don't see producer on here. There he is, producer. Um, he produced a movie called Home, <clears throat> The Girl in the Photographs, and he was the principal producer for Eric's. Uh, favorite new show, Scream the Television Series. Can I talk about this real quick? Alright, <laughs> so I feel, alright, I love Scream. Growing up, saw it in the theater. I thought it was, it, there hadn't been anything, I don't want to say anything like it for a while, but it, like you said, it had been dying, and Scream totally brought it back. And, uh, I did not want to watch this show. I was so disappointed in this show, like I thought it was just gonna be a complete flop. Until yesterday, I start. I watched the first the pilot episode, dude. I was blown away by this show. If, cool. if you guys go out there and watch it, I was. And I'm I want to go upstairs a, right when I get done, and I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to bed till I watch it. I don't want to put it on a high thing to it because I went in with the lowest of low expectations. So don't go in going oh. He and said it blew it those this. away. And and dude, I instantly had to start the next one, and I I didn't want to go to bed. I wanted to. I'm like I felt. I remember going in the movie, and I don't get scared, and I didn't get scared really at Scream, but there were a couple parts where you're like, whoa, that was cool. In the show, dude, it's a TV show, and they're doing it as a, thra- a slasher movie. I was like, they did a damn good job at this show. I, I applaud MTV for it because I thought it was just going to go into some stupid teenage bullcrap. But, man, it, it, anyone listening, oh, it's awesome. Anyone <laughs> nice listening, drop. dude, I haven't mess, met... Wes Craven and met Robert England, and Robert England had a lot of good stuff to say about him and I can't wait to meet him at Rose City Comic Con I'm going to talk about Wes Craven to him yep. but uh dude I I'm totally bummed out like seriously I thought you were going to say Clive Barker and this was just as bad as, as you saying Clive Barker to me so damn it dude Everyone go out and watch Scream or Nightmare on Elm Street or yeah. something. Or just watch Definitely. a Wes Craven movie. I mean, the yeah. guy knew what he was doing. He really did. I mean, look at Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson pretty much made his entire career off of Wes Craven's back. 
I mean, he's he's Kevin Williamson is his own man. He's a good writer, you know. But he 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 really picked up uh, where Wes, Wes Craven left off. You know, when when Wes kind of stepped back a little bit from doing major motion pictures and and whatnot. So, man, man, I hate it when that happens in the industry. But it's well, it's just all good things, right? Because uh, that's yeah. where we're at in life. Yep. Well, on that note. <laughs> Way to bring it all down, Grant. <laughs> sorry. I mean, you, didn't oh, my say, like, you didn't say Einstein died, then I would if, cry if, in my drink. But. If you want to feel good, like the gent said, go out and, and watch a Wes Craven film. Plenty to choose from, and you'll you really get something out of it. Go watch The Hills Have Eyes. No. Oh, man. <laughs> Holy cow. If you're going to break fall into a Wes Craven movie, let's start them out with, like, you know. I've seen that, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen yeah. them. I'm just not a big. I'm not a. This is where I kind of fade from you guys. I don't watch a lot of movies. I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't. I'm not a movie buff. I might see a movie once a year, like Ant Man. I want to go see Ant Man. You think I go yet? Oh, no, dude. I can't find anybody to go with. What? Don't go myself. with anybody. Just go by yourself. You can watch it on the plane to Rose City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, seriously, the last movie I saw was uh, Jurassic Park with Dave and Calgary, or else I wouldn't have gone to that. I mean, seriously, I'm not a big movie TV buff, so I wouldn't even, if someone said Wes until you explain what movies, I wouldn't even know who he was. As a matter of fact, I don't know who half the actors are. I don't know who anybody is. And now you know who Wes Craven is, and you're that much the richer. I'm that much the richer. You know what you could see you might like? He was a producer. The Last House on the Left, the remake, was really good. Yeah. The remake was excellent. Matter of fact, um, I, I, I love it. It was a lot easier song. to watch than the original. The original just looked like a snuff film. It was kind of hard <laughs> to watch. But, uh, it, really the remake, <laughs> it really was. The remake was a really good movie. The remake of the remake? No, the remake of The Last House on the Left. It was like a 70s movie. Yep. Oh. Yep. <clears throat> uh, sorry, guys. I wish I could be as disappointed as you, but that's... <laughs> Yeah, well, this was this was my my growing up. This is the stuff I watched. And- yeah, again, like you said, you guys grew up with movies and that. I grew up with nothing. I mean, I was like, no, you cannot watch TV, and so it was a it was a treat to sneak Batman in like once a month because Dad had to go get you know some appointment or something. So, yeah. I see. I see. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up because I'm definitely gonna go watch the pilot episode with Juliet right now. All, All right. right. So uh, we always we always end with um, tip. Tip. Just Thank you. The tip. Is it a tip? I'll, I'll give. give I'll I'll do mine first. The first just the yes. tip. It's gonna have to do a scream and go in to see watch the scream uh, pilot. Don't take anything that anybody. Even what I'm saying now, don't take it as fact. Go and check stuff out on your own in anything, and that right now has to do with scream. Don't listen to the crap. Don't listen to the good. Go watch it for yourself and enjoy the show. Here, here. Okay. Here. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 What about you, uh, Sir Rancelot? Uh, I would say based on this evening's conversation, the thing that sticks out the most for me is to anyone who is, um, is feeling pressured by society and the people around them and the TV and the magazines uh that you have a lot more things to think about uh if that stuff is affecting you and you're making life choices because of that outward social pressure 
you should really just look inward and 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 you know focus on yourself not allow other people who are focused on you to affect you yeah 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 yes, yes. good rant Sir Douche of Lingerie. Well, I would uh, just like to say, uh, when it comes to TV, all good things in moderation. TV can be an enjoyable pastime. It can tell you wonderful tales, take you on fabulous adventures. But when it takes over your life, it can become a serious problem. Take some time to smell the roses, go outside, have fun, kick a ball around, and maybe... Every once in a while, turn the TV off. Maybe. Maybe. Yes, turn the damn TV off. Somebody had to <laughs> kill the babysitter. <laughs> Sorry, very, I started. Very, here, here, here. Very, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Mine? Mine's simple this week. It's better to burp and taste it than to fart and waste it. <laughs> <laughs> Can, can I just say the the one movie that I didn't mention? I didn't mention a lot of his movies. But Shocker, Shocker, Shocker was one of the coolest movies, and it starred a, a a young Peter Berg before he became a very famous and very prominent director in Hollywood. Uh, and and it also starred Mitch Falegi, who of course played Agent Skinner in the X Files. But Shocker was a fun Wes Craven movie. Geek out. <laughs> wow! I know it's so that pretty much ends our shape, you know. Just say rocks a lot. Take us away. We're out. We're in. We're out. We're in. We're up and down. It might.
Please somebody tell me who posted the picture of the saggy dog boob lady. Uh, that would be me. That was freaking <laughs> hilarious. So I'm looking at that, and I, all of a sudden, I see my daughter come up out of the back seat, <laughs> go to look at, uh, go to look at over my shoulder. Just like, is that lady wearing a shirt with dogs on it? <laughs> oh, I'm glad it was like daytime in the car, so like she couldn't get a clear look at it. I did not want to explain that. As a baby, Ronald Reagan was nicknamed Irish by his father because of his ruddy appearance. The nickname stuck throughout the entire youth and was resurrected during his presidency by members of his cabinet. Fact or bullshit? Yeah, I think that could work. Bullshit. Or more money kind of thing, right? Well, like that style of questioning. I'm going to go with fact. I'll go bullshit. Yeah, I'll go bullshit. His father nicknamed him Dutch as a baby because he looked like a fat little Dutchman. Yes. He kept yep. the nickname throughout his childhood. Consequently, we can High assert with conviction that no High members five. of his cabinet ever addressed Reagan as Irish. 